Thank you for joining us today and a big thank you to our show sponsor, Amazing Jane Activewear, recommended as best leggings for running by Women's Fitness Magazine. Karen and I have been trialing their designs for a few months and we can happily recommend them. All designs are cut to skim, not cling, giving you confidence to look and feel great and focus on performance. So if you'd like to try Amazing Jane Activewear, please use our listeners special discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases at amazingjane.com. Amazing Jane ship around the world, so please check their website for details. Today we're talking about choosing clean vegetables for hormonal balance. And this is really important to be a healthy woman, healthy runner. It's really crucial that we eat healthy vegetables that are free of pesticides. So today we're going to be introducing to you a concept known as the Dirty Dozen and the Clean 15. We hope you find this information really interesting. It might not seem obvious that you need to know this as a runner, but we all know that to be a healthy woman, you need to have good hormonal balance and that will allow you to be a great runner. Welcome to the Healthy Woman, Healthy Runner mini-series. Please join Aileen Smith and Karen Campbell, nutritionist friends and runners. During the mini-series, we'll be spotlighting key challenges women face as they approach midlife. Women tell us that they're really uncomfortable with the way their body shape is changing and are noticing how their energy levels and running performance is suffering too. So it's our mission to help women be in great shape, bypass midlife health challenges and continue to enjoy their running. So we've designed our Healthy Woman Healthy Runner method and that's for the woman who requires the most time efficient and easy method to be the best she can be. During each mini episode we'll be helping you take some easy action. The suggestions we make during this episode are for guidance and advice only and are not a substitute for medical advice or treatment. If you have any concerns regarding your health please contact your healthcare professional for advice as soon as possible. If you'd like help from Aileen and Karen to design a personalised sports nutrition plan for your running, please contact them at Runners Health Hub. Welcome back everybody, I'm Karen and I'm here today with Aileen and today we're focusing on a major disruptor of hormone balance which could influence PMS and menstrual symptoms and I think we all know what they are, don't we? So thinking about PMS, that could be cramps and pains, bloating and swelling, mood swings, cravings, such a long list. And then for people going through uh, or maybe in perimenopause or going through the menopause, there's all of the above that I've just mentioned, plus the hot flushes, night sweats, um, brain fog, um, also heavy and erratic periods, just to mention a few. So really, we go through um, various symptoms and quite a lot of symptoms if our hormones are imbalanced. So what we're going to do today, we're going to talk about pesticides. um, And these are found on fruits and vegetables. And they can act as what's known as endocrine disrupting chemicals. Now, endocrine is another word for hormonal, really. And these endocrine disrupting chemicals act as fake hormones and can cause disruption to natural processes. So potentially could be harmful. So, Aileen, can you maybe explain 
a little bit more about endocrine disruptors. I've kind of introduced them, but could you tell us a bit more about them? Yeah, sure, Karen. Hi, everybody. Um, So, yes, the endocrine disruptors, basically what they do is they interfere with hormones and hormone balance, um, as you sort of alluded to there. Um, And hormones regulate different functions, in particular growth and reproductive functions. So with with the female hormones, it's the, you know, the reproductive functions and everything that is included with that. So the endocrine disrupting chemicals act in different ways in different parts of the body. And they, they do things like uh, they can reduce the production of hormones in the endocrine glands. So that's the hormonal glands. They can affect the release of hormones from those same glands. They can copy or counteract the action of hormones at target tissues. So that's sometimes described as mimicking. So they, they like mimic. So that was why, you know, you said they're fake hormones. So they're sort of pretenders really. Um, and they can also speed up the metabolism of hormones and so reduce their action. So that's where they can be really disruptive. You know, you can see all these different things that they disrupt the, the normal, natural, uh, way a hormone would work. Um, it's believed that these endocrine effects can be activated by very low concentrations of chemicals and they man- manifest in men and women uh, in different ways. So, um, for instance, in men, uh, they can affect um, semen quality, they can decrease fertility, and they ca- they're also um, associated with testicular and prostate cancer. Um, in females, uh, they can induce early puberty, uh, things like ovarian cysts. They can affect uh, the uterus, and they're also linked to things like breast cancer, pregnancy co- uh, complications, and also decreased fertility. Um, and it's also believed in sort of outside of the um, the sort of sex hormone world that they influence the development of diabetes, obesity neurological and thyroid disorders so um you know they're sort of silently going about their business causing a great deal of harm they are that really their effects are quite far-reaching aren't they they are indeed yes so just to remind everybody you know the reason we're talking about this is because hormone symptoms can be really disruptive to a female runner so anything that we can do to promote hormonal balance is going to help us continue to enjoy a running and stick to um, our running plans so really our health aim has to be to minimize all environmental toxins because they could act as endocrine disrupting chemicals like you've just been speaking about alien and and it is really difficult and I would say almost impossible to eliminate our exposure to these toxins uh, completely but we can all take some personal steps to try and minimize them. Now Pesticides are just one area of these endocrine disrupting chemicals. Others include the likes of plastics, packaging, even cleaning materials, and also personal care products as well. Um, And there is a growing body of evidence that um, pesticides can become more harmful when combined, so therefore causing a, a cocktail effect. And this cocktail effect has, has long been recognised as, as an area of concern. So 
Aileen, we've talked about um, toxic load in, in previous episodes. Would you maybe just refresh us on what that actually means? Yes, well, our toxic load uh, equals our toxic exposure minus our ability to detoxify and excrete um, toxins. Um, so I think the easiest way to think about this is thinking about uh, your liver, which is the main organ that um, is it has the role of detoxifying the, all the compounds that it needs to detoxify. So um, compounds in foods, drinks, medications, and then the toxins that you've just been talking about there, Karen, you know, the toxins from packaging, skincare, cleaning materials, and then the environmental toxins that we might be exposed to because of where we live or where we work. So the liver is pretty busy doing lots of jobs. So if you can imagine all of these toxins queuing up in the liver, um, ready to be detoxified the more there is the more toxins there are the more the liver has to do and inevitably the liver will prioritize some toxins over others and and the ones that um, the liver isn't able to deal with at, at that moment in time get sent back into circulation or they're perhaps safely stored in fat until the liver has got the capacity to deal with them. Um, so another concept to think about is when the liver is overloaded with toxins, that's where we have this toxic load. Um, and so the liver might not be able to process all the toxins. So some will continue to recirculate around the body, leading to hormonal imbalances uh, and other symptoms. So the, the idea really is, is that, you know, we've, we've all got a toxic load. If we can reduce our toxic load, then our liver is going to be better able to do its job. Uh, and we need it to do its job every day. Yeah, I really like the idea of of um, all these toxins queuing up at the liver. You know, it just kind of, it's a really easy concept to grasp, isn't it? You know, they're all queuing up. There's not enough um, capacity for the liver to deal with them all. So the others just have to keep going round and round in circulation, causing havoc until the, the liver is able to, um, to, 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 to detoxify them. And like you said, they'll be causing havoc in the circulation or stored in, in um, fat cells. And, and the body can create these fat cells to store them safely. So another reason why um, it could potentially lead to weight gain. So really interesting, but easy concept to understand. So what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about what you can do practically to try and minimise your exposure to the pesticides and the negative effects of these endocrine disruptors on your health. So what we're going to do is we'll give you a snapshot um, overview of how the Dirty Dozen Clean 15 list of fruits and vegetables could help you make healthy choices, um, what vegetables support hormonal balance and where do they fit into the Dirty Dozen and Clean 15 concept, and then what practical things that we can all do to minimise pesticide and, and other toxins and from vegetables and uh, into and how we can introduce that into a food plan. So, and I would just urge you to listen to the end because um, we do have uh, a special invitation for you. So, um, 
So just thinking about the dirty dozen and clean 15, it is a concept that we talk about in the free healthy woman, healthy runner training um, as um, really using this tool as a simple way to help you to choose fruits and vegetables, which tend to have less exposure to these pesticides. So that's how we use it in the healthy woman, healthy runner training. Yeah, so the, the Dirty Dozen and Clean 15 uh, concept was developed by a US-based organization called the Environmental Working Group, uh, shortened to EWG. So you might see that um, if you search for it anywhere on the on the internet. So EWG is a nonprofit US organization, and they really dedicate uh, their work to protecting human health and the environment. And they research lots of things. They research what's in tap water. They research the safety of cosmetics. Uh, they research um, genetically modified organisms and also the amounts of pesticides in and on food. And that's the bit that we're sort of interested in talking about today. Um, and they produce uh, a shopper's guide to pesticides in produce. And that has been... Uh, shortened uh, to be called the Dirty Dozen and the Clean 15. And it's something that's updated every year. And what it does is it ranks pesticide contamination on 47 popular fruits and vegetables. And they base um, their guide on the results of all the samples tested by the uh, Department of Agriculture, Food and Drug Administration in the US. So they Based that on something like 35,200 samples and then from that they create this food list and um, the top 15 foods with the least pesticides are called the clean 15 and the 12 foods with the most pesticides are called the dirty dozen and this is all based on fruit and vegetables um, mm -hmm. so it's uh you know, it's an easy concept to grasp. Um, we're just giving you the background to it today. Yeah, absolutely. And like you you were saying, Aileen, they share their information on the website, but they also do have an app as well. So you could download the app. Now, these lists are really fantastic to take with you when you're going um, on, different, on your shopping trip to do your food shopping, because then you can have a look at it and know when to buy organic um, or when it's maybe okay or safer to buy non-organic um, uh, fruit and vegetables. Now, the website is www.ewg.org. So it's a really easy um, email uh, address to remember. So Aileen, uh, their information is, as you said, US-based. So is this useful for those of us that live in other countries? Well, I think, well, that's a good question, Karen. And I think what it it's a good guide. I think it's a good guide because it's probably indicative of what's going on in other parts of the world with regards to pesticides and how they're being used on crops. Um, but I, I have had a look around to see what else is, a, is available in the world. Now, in the UK, there's a similar organisation, a charitable organisation called Pan UK. Um, they don't have an app, as far as I know, but they do have resources on the website. And some of the information there is a really interesting read. And um, what is interesting is that some of the, chemica the chemicals that are used in the US are actually banned in the UK and the EU. So if you compare the listings, you might find that different things are on there dirty dozen list in comparison with the EWG. Um, so what Pan UK have done is they've analysed UK 
government data um, from 2018, 2019 and 2020. Um, and they've turned it into a handy list that you can keep in the kitchen or you can have with you when you go shopping. Um, they've got a simple website address as well. It's www.pan-uk.org. And we'll put the links in the show notes so that everybody's got access to them. Um, so in in the rest of the world, I mean, I, I just did a Google search, to be honest, Karen, and um, I wasn't able to find a similar EU resource, although I'm sure there must be something somewhere. Um, and I also thought, well, I'll look, look to see what's happening in Australia. And... Um, I couldn't really find anything very similar, but I, I read an article which said that Australia doesn't test it doesn't test um, our food for all pesticides potentially sprayed on food, um, and Australian testing um, doesn't seem to happen. They, they, don't, they don't test all food types across all market types, so. Um, they any of the Australian articles I read were really referencing the EWG. Um, so I think it's it's just interesting to know that um, some countries are are really on the ball with this, and others mm. are maybe catching up. Um, but we'd really be interested if anybody's listening and you're in a different part of the world, or you know of any other interesting resources either in the countries that we've mentioned or indeed in the country that you live in, please let us know. We'd be really interested um, that, that we can share that information um, with our listeners um, through the show notes. So that would be really helpful. So just drop us a, an email at hello at runnershealthhub.com. Um, what I would say is that both of the websites that I mentioned have got really, really interesting information. And I'd really suggest that listeners take a look at them just so that you're more aware of the potential issues of exposure to pesticides and other chemicals. It is a bit of a disturbing read sometimes, <laughs> so word of caution, uh, but it really makes you think a bit more about where your food comes from and how you how you deal with it. And I think information is power. So, um, yeah, that I would say look them up. Absolutely. And it can really help you make the best choices that you can. So really, our advice, our advice would be to, to use this information as a guide, knowing that I think it's important you mentioned, Aileen, that it does vary from year to year. And um, so clearly they're looking at the top foods all the time and, and a, a vegetable could move down the list and a new one reach the top of the list, be it the clean or the dirty. So it's really worth um, keeping an eye on the changing data on the um, EWG e um, and the Pan UK websites. But also it's going to vary from country to country, as as you've um, alluded to as well, Aileen. So um, we are going to talk about some practical guidelines um, later to, to really help everybody out. But you know, just to let you know, we we will be running um, some free Healthy Women, Healthy Runner training soon. And within that session, we will be talking about um, hormone balance, uh, balance and managing toxic load. So if you're finding that any questions are cropping up from just listening to this and you want them answered, it, it, it would be really great if you if you could join us on that training Um to have a chat, to have your questions answered and just to, to glean some more information as well. We will give you the details of how to book to get on the next training at the end of this episode. 
So Aileen, moving on from there, would you maybe talk us through the vegetables which support female sex hormone balance? Because I know that there are quite a few. Yeah. And again, you know, if you're a regular listener, you'll have heard us talking about this before because we, we've mentioned them in a number of the Healthy Woman, Healthy Runner episodes, but mainly the vegetables which support hormonal balance fit into the brassica or cruciferous category and the dark green vegetable group as well. So the cruciferous vegetables, um, I'll just read a few of them out. Um, so broccoli, tender stem, all types of cabbage, uh, including collard greens, which are known as spring greens in the UK, uh, Brussels sprouts, cauliflower, kale, rocket, bok choy, radishes, turnip, watercress. So there's a lot of them. Um, and then the dark green leafy vegetables include things like spinach and the dark salad leaves, some of them we've mentioned uh, earlier. So they're, they're considered to be cruciferous too. Um, the What these vegetables have within them, they, they contain a group of substances known as Glucosyl, glucosyl, I can't say, I'm real tongue tied today. You said, Karen, why do I not do this? I'll let you say it again. Glucosinolates. Thank you. <laughs> so they're sulfur containing chemicals, and what they do is increase the activity of liver enzymes uh, that are involved in hormone detoxification. And this promotes the elimination of old hormones from the body. So a bit like we were talking about toxins being detoxified, old hormones also have to be removed from the body. So um, that's another um, thing that goes on and is supported through by the liver. Mm. Okay, so quite a lot of vegetables that you, you mentioned there, Aileen, that can help support that hormone balance. So let's see where some of these vegetables would rank on the Dirty Dozen and Clean 15 list. So um, thinking about the EWG um, um, uh, app, the ones that, of the ones that you mentioned, the cruciferous vegetables, um, broccoli would be on the green list. So that's one that potentially um, you could consider buying in the non-organic form. Um, but then the cabbage, um, and and that includes the collard greens, the spring greens, would um, would be found on the red list. So you would want to to consider purchasing those in the um, in their organic forms, um, and then the cauliflower. Again, that's um, uh, in the clean fifteen. Uh, but kale, you would you would want to consider um, buying in the organic form as well. Now, looking at Pan UK, they um, they just have a, a dirty dozen list. And Aileen, you mentioned the spinach and the the pre packed salads for those dark green leafy vegetables. Now they would be on the Pan UK um, dirty dozen list. So again, you would you would want to to think about purchasing those in the organic form. So you can see it just kind of, kind of gives you an idea of of how the Clean Fifteen Dirty Dozen works and. Like we were saying earlier, just taking the app or taking a download of the list with you when you go shopping will make it really easy to put it into action. Um, 
You know, there are many more fruits and vegetables on the Dirty Dozen and Clean uh, 15 list, not just the cruciferous ones that we've been mentioning, um, but these are the ones that are also going to support hormone balance. So that's why we're mentioning them. So do check out the list to get more of a, a detailed overview of the, the, the full array of the Dirty Dozen Clean 15. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's fair to say that if a fruit or vegetable isn't on either list, it doesn't mean that they're not contaminated. It's just that they're not either the most contaminated or the least contaminated. So um, I think it's, you know, really, unless you're going to buy organic, you would, it was fair to say that you're probably going to have some kind of pesticides on your fruit and vegetables. Um and that's really difficult because as health conscious consumers, our aim is to minimize our exposure to these um, endocrine disrupting chemicals and maximize the amount of vegetables that we particularly, you know, those brassica vegetables that we've been talking about. And I think it can often feel consuming and a bit of a dilemma uh, when deciding what to buy and what to eat. You know, it's like, well, what am I doing here? It's a bit like you know when people talk about should you drink tap water or should you drink filtered water it's like well you need water that's yes. the first thing you've got to have water uh, but you know when you can it's a good idea to have filters and I think it's the same when you're choosing vegetables yeah, yeah. use yeah. the best ones when you can yeah, absolutely. And I totally agree. You know, it can be really confusing for the consumer when they're trying to make decisions on on what to buy and what to eat. And I would say that our, our advice really is to, to remember your health goals and then do the best that you can to minimise exposure um, to these different toxins that um, that we've spoken about. Now, uh, really, as runners, our health goals are to to sort of reduce the toxins from your your food to support the liver and detoxification pathways because that's going to be key and not building up this this cue that you were speaking about earlier, Aileen. And um, and and to do this, it's it's about you'll be able to then reduce your toxic load if you reduce your toxic exposure, and and by doing that, you're then going to support that optimal liver function. And a healthy liver really is key to healthy hormone balance, as we said earlier, because all these excess hormones pass through the liver to be broken down before they're then eliminated from the body. And also, um, it's about providing nutrients for the optimal function of those detoxification pathways. So the B vitamins, the choline, magnesium, iron, folate, and the family of nutrients um, that contain from that glucosinolates that that we were speaking about earlier that you were mentioning, Aileen, from the cruciferous vegetables. But what, what we would say is don't overthink it but just take some practical steps to 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 make small changes. And the way that I think that would be good for us is to really think that we we do need these fruits and vegetables um, for just about every system in the body. So it's really important that we find the best source of them, that they're fresh and they're free of these endocrine-disrupting mm-hmm. chemicals. So th- there are two things I think we need to consider. We need to think about where we buy and how we prepare um, fruits and vegetables so when we're considering about buying or indeed growing our fruit and vegetables um, it's important that we um, we minimize the toxic load from pesticides so the first thing to do when 
buy any fruit and vegetables, I would think is just to consider what fruit and vegetables you buy and eat on a regular basis. Think about where does it come from. Then maybe look at the dirty dozen list and ask yourself, um, which do you eat regularly, maybe more than three times a week? And perhaps those are the ones that you could choose um, in the organic form, or maybe you could decide that you're not going to eat them as often and swap to a fruit or vegetable on the clean 15 list. Um, so it's, you know, organic probably would be an easy decision to make from a toxicity point of view. Um, so buying more organic fruit and vegetables is likely to reduce your toxin exposure. But what I found interesting reading on one of the websites was that Often, and I, I suppose I hadn't really thought about this before, but often people wrongly assume that no pesticides are used in organic farming. But it is important to note that organic farming, whilst it takes a completely different approach to conventional farming, there are some uh, use of pesticides, um, far fewer, it has to be said. Um, and the, the website, I think it was Pan UK, what they quoted was that in the UK, there is in the EU rather, that there is something called the Pesticide Approvals Database. And there are currently 490 substances approved for use as pesticides. And only 28 of these are approved for use in organic agriculture. Now, obviously, this will vary from farmer to farmer. And indeed, some farmers might have zero pesticides. And some of these pesticides are actually natural ingredients. So they're not chemicals as such. Um, but, you know, nevertheless, they're, they're being used. Um, so another sort of barrier, if you like, to choosing organic foods is often people are concerned about the higher price of organic foods. Um, so, again, with that, you can be selective. You don't have to be 100 percent organic. You could decide that maybe there are some items from the Dirty Dozen list that you're going to buy organic because, something you eat a lot and you enjoy and so you, you want to minimize your um, toxic exposure and if you buy organic that's a way of doing it um, or the other thing that you could do is swap that choice to something similar um, but it's on the clean list so that, that's a couple of tips that you can think about when you're you're buying um, your fruit and vegetable so yeah. the, the, other, the other thing Karen that um would be helpful is to share some tips on cleaning and preparation of fruits and vegetables because this is another way that we can reduce our toxic exposure. Yeah, absolutely, Aileen, and, and that is a is a way forward. If say you can't afford to buy the organic or can't afford to buy it all the time, then just sort of cleaning and preparing the fruits and vegetables that you do buy might be a help. It might be a helpful way of minimising um, the 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 toxins taken on board. Now, I suppose. The first thing to say really is to remember to clean your fruits and vegetables when you get them home before you eat them. Because I think often when we buy them in the supermarkets, they do look clean and they, they tend to be really clean, don't they? But and, and because of that, I don't think we then wash them. But it's pro there probably been lots of chemicals used to, to, to make them clean. So just remember that and, and, and just a simple thing to just... Yeah, just clean them before you eat them. That, that's just so 
true, Karen, because we we can't see the toxins. And, uh, you know, we do fall into the trap and think, well, it's prepared, so I can just put it straight on the plate. Um, so our advice really is to avoid eating straight from the packet or the punnet or what, whatever you get it in. Yeah, absolutely. So to don't eat it straight from the packet, just washing it or maybe peeling it depends what type of fruit or vegetable it is. And that can potentially reduce the exposure to these pesticides because some residues that appear on the surface will be eliminated sort of particular traces of soil which which could contain harmful bacteria actually so just by peeling uh, and washing thoroughly it might help so to reduce some of that um First of all, wash away um, the traces of soil that you can find because that's going to have residue um, traces of of um, soil on it. Like I say, that might have the traces of harmful bacteria on it. So, so get rid of the soil, the traces of soil first, then soak them. And there are three different ways that you could you could. Um, soak vegetables believe it or not you just think you soak your vegetables but there are three different ways you can do this so you can actually um, soak them in salt water maybe using some um, Himalayan salt or sea salt and just soak them for uh, 20 minutes and researchers have discovered that 10% salt water solution is effective for removing um, most of the common pesticide residues. Then just rinse with water afterwards so that you're getting rid of the, the most of the salt as well. Or you could use bicarbonate of soda, which some people might know as bicarb or baking soda, um, and use that again to clean uh, your fruit and your vegetables. And I, I would advise that you add one teaspoon of bicarbonate to two cups of water and then soak your vegetables or fruit for 15 minutes. Then again, rinse with water and then you can eat them. Or you could soak it in vinegar, any type of vinegar, actually, um, uh, but diluted in water first. Um, and again, soak for 20 minutes. Um, and, and what you would need there is one part vinegar to four parts water. So, for example, you might use 10 millilitres of vinegar um, and you would mix that with 40 millilitres of water and just soak that again for 20 minutes. Now, berries different berries could potentially become soggy when they're when they're soaked for too long so it might be that you you soak them for less time or actually a fourth way is just to soak them in water and just scrub the skins or peel with a brush um and um Alternatively, there are some natural fruit and vegetables washes, which you might find helpful um, as well. And I can't remember the, the different names, but there's about two or, two or three different brands um, that that um, contain these um, that have sort of these natural vegetable vegetable washes that you can use. And I think washing or peeling will reduce the level of pesticides found on the outside of an item, but they're unlikely to remove all the pesticide residues. So again, it's about minimising, limiting your exposure, but you might not be completely free of exposure to um, to these toxins. Um, now, the main reason for that is that you, you, you're not going to be able to remove them all is because many of these pesticides um, are used systemically, meaning that they're actually absorbed by a plant when applied to the seeds, to the soil or the leaves. 
and the residues are therefore contained within the body of the fruit or vegetable itself. It's not on the outside. It's actually been um, been soaked up into the vegetable. But like we said before, just remember to try and do what you can and don't over worry about it. It's just making little changes to to reduce that toxic load. Great tips, Karen, and great advice too to just do your best and not to overthink it. And um, that sort of brings us to um, almost the end of today's episode. So it might not feel very running related, but remember it's being a healthy woman, healthy runner is about having all of your body systems working optimally and particularly managing hormonal symptoms so this is the reason that we're talking to you about this topic today so we always like to end with an action point that you could take away with you and um, the, the action point today that we'd really recommend is to look up one of the websites or both of the websites that we've mentioned so read more about the dirty dozen clean 15 at ewg.org or at pan uk.org and as i said earlier i think just having an overall awareness about the potential harm that pesticides may cause our health in general but especially our hormonal balance will be really um, really important and supportive to your overall health plan and i think you'll find that you'll naturally start doing some of the things we've shared today because it's quite um an emotive subject and you'll probably find yourself washing your vegetables and thinking about us <laughs> in the next few days um so we we hope that that's been really helpful yeah, absolutely. And and remember those two websites and the, the app for EWG and the downloads that you can take on your shopping trips with you as well. So we hope that you've really enjoyed listening to this episode and have gleaned some great practical information to support you and your hormone balance so that you can that you can be a, a healthy runner. And remember, don't let nutrition be the limiting factor in your running performance. Thank you so much for joining us today and we really hope that you found our insights useful. We've got a question for you. Would you like to know how to put our advice into practice and how to take some easy actions? If your answer is yes, then please don't miss the opportunity to sign up for our next free online training session. It's going to be on Zoom and we'll be there to share more steps in the Healthy Woman, Healthy Runner method with you. And most important of all, we'll be there in person. So we'll be able to answer any of your questions on the spot during the training. Karen and I absolutely love podcasting, but we love interacting with you even more. So we can't wait to meet you in our Zoom room. If you'd like to register, it's very easy. All you need to do is look out at the episode show notes, look at the top of the page and click the booking link there. And we'll send all the details to you. So if you'd like to be a healthy woman, healthy runner for many years to come, please come and join us and don't miss out on our next free training. We'd like to introduce you to our show sponsor, Amazing Jane Activewear for Women's Changing Bodies, recommended as best leggings for running by Women's Fitness Magazine. We think they have everything a female runner needs. 
First of all, they are high compression to support your legs and bum. They have a deep waistband so they stay up and they don't move about when you run. There's a handy left pocket for your phone and a zip pocket on the waistband which is great for your cards or a key. They also have a hidden tracker pocket for storing a GPS tracking device and this is a unique safety feature. All Amazing Jane designs, including tanks and tops, are cut to skim, not cling, giving you confidence to look and feel great and focus on performance. Karen and I have been trialing wearing their range for a few months and we can happily recommend them. So if you'd like to try Amazing Jane Activewear, please use our listeners' special discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases at amazingjane.com. Amazing Jane ship around the world, so please check their website for details. Thanks again to Amazing Jane Activewear for being our show sponsor and for sharing discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases.